Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, all you sports fans? Welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on a Thursday. I am happy to be here as we've got a great show. Eric Taylor will be on the show. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. We had a great episode where he got into his life and what he's done with soccer. Can still play. I wonder if he's going to try out for a professional soccer team. And uh, we'll talk about what's on the horizon for George Bello as he makes the transition from Major League Soccer to the Bundesliga. And we'll talk about like what is good for these young soccer players in the MLS going to club teams overseas. Just a reminder that we are broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 5.30. But let's get right into... The biggest sports headlines from last night. The United States men's soccer team draws closer to clinching a World Cup berth as they defeated Honduras 3-0 in frigid temperatures up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Christian Pulisic came into the game as a sub. And the United States currently has 21 points as they are in second place behind Canada. And they are tied with Mexico With three games left to play, they are a sure lock to make it to the World Cup. It would have to be a catastrophic disaster. They would have to drop all their games because right behind them is Panama in fourth place and then Costa Rica. Don't count out Costa Rica. Maybe they had a great run to the World Cup a couple of World Cups back. Today is the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympics. My favorite Winter Olympics memory when I was a kid Herschel Walker, the talented Georgia running back, and he played running back in the NFL for many years, was on the bobsled team. And it was big back in 1992 because he was a professional athlete that was competing in the Olympics. Now, this was before the Dream Team, and that was a big deal. I was happy to see Herschel Walker as a bobsledder. That's one of my favorite events. I also like speed skating and hockey when they have the NHL players. It's going to be hard to watch hockey with no NHL players, but of course I'll be cheering for the United States. The Winter Olympics in Beijing. Not going to have any fans, but I will make sure on this show that I give the updated medal count like I did for the Olympics in Tokyo last year. The Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars get big wins over South Carolina Aiken, and Columbus State is 15-6 and overall. 6-5 6-5 and five in the Peach Belt Conference, and they will take on Flagler College this weekend. Columbus State was able to come back as they trailed by 7 at halftime. They were able to defeat South Carolina Aiken 69-67, to led by Hunter Preston and Howard Grants, 21 points. And what a comeback by the Cougars. Down 10 with 5 minutes to go, they were able to make the comeback. The Lady Cougars was able to get the 79-70 victory over South Carolina Aiken, and they will take on Flagler College this weekend as well. 
And as always, you can listen to the games on 88.5 WCUZ. The Lady Cougars are 12-9 and on the season and 5-6 and in the Peach Belt Conference. I am really excited because this weekend will be the opener for Columbus State Baseball. They are favorites to win the Peach Belt this year. They will take on West Alabama on Saturday. The game got changed from Friday to Saturday. It'll be a doubleheader Saturday and a game on Sunday. And don't forget their first home game. And don't forget, their first home game is going to be February the 8th at 4 p.m. against Albany State at Ragsdale Park at Burger King Field. And as always, you can listen to the game on 88.5. Last night in the National Basketball Association, the Memphis Grizzlies continue to be the hottest team in the NBA by defeating the Knicks in the Garden 120-108. Memphis is 36 and 18. John Morant is got to be in consideration for MVP. You had the Brooklyn Nets that lost six straight games as the Sacramento Kings defeated the Nets. Playing without Kevin Durant, James Harden was held to four points. And Brooklyn is currently the sixth seed. The Los Angeles Lakers won a game without LeBron James as Anthony Davis rallies the Lakers in the fourth quarter, scores 30 points, and the Lakers are 25 and 27. Their next game will be tonight against the Clippers. The Atlanta Hawks have a big game tonight at State Farm Arena as they will take on the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. You got the Sacramento Kings taking on the Golden State Warriors, but are the Warriors going to have any of their players? Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green were all out last game. They did win, and the Warriors are trying to catch Phoenix for the division. College basketball last night locally in Georgia. Georgia Tech drops a contest to Virginia Tech, 81-66. The Yellow Jackets are 9-12 on the season, and they will take on the Clemson Tigers this Saturday as they're currently 2-8 in the ACC. They are in last place. The state of Georgia basketball, I'm at a loss for words because the Georgia Bulldogs yet lose another game, this time to the Arkansas Razorbacks, one of the top teams in the SEC, 99-73. to Other SEC scores, Florida gets by Missouri 66-55, and Kentucky survives Vanderbilt 77-70. to So looking at the standings in the SEC, Auburn 21-1 after defeating Alabama on Tuesday night. They are the number one team in the country. Kentucky is the fifth ranked team in the country. Boy, are those two teams going to be on a collision course in the SEC tourney. Tennessee is ranked 22nd and they got a big game this week against South Carolina. They were able to survive Texas A&M. LSU is going to drop in the rankings after losing to Ole Miss. You only have three teams in the SEC that are ranked. Over in the Southern Conference, Mercer is in third place at 6-4 and four in the conference, 13-10 and 10 overall. And Mercer will take on Chattanooga up in Chattanooga, Tennessee this Saturday as they try to duplicate what they did in 2014. I can't say enough about what Mercer did in 2014, upsetting Duke in the NCAA tournament. One of the most coolest moments for the community of Macon. And they get to display that NCAA tournament banner in their arena that says they made it to the round of 32. Georgia State, who's currently 8-9 and nine on the season, they will take on Troy in Atlanta, Georgia. And right now, in the Sun Belt Conference, Georgia State's 2-4, Georgia Southern is 3-5. and five. 
So if you want to know the state of NCAA Division I basketball in the state of Georgia, it's not good. It's not good. I know Georgia State had its moments making the NCAA tournament a couple of times, but they're not the same team without head coach Ron Hunter. He was a great coach, and ever since he left, Georgia State is just not the same. Kennesaw State. I'm a huge critic of Kennesaw State. I used to live up there. I used to go to games all the time. Kennesaw State is 9-12, and and they are currently 4-4 four and four in the Atlantic Sun Conference. I think Kennesaw State's having a pretty good year this year. Uh, in recent years, they haven't. They've had years where they won only three games. If you look at the history of Kennesaw State, they should be a lot better at basketball. I'm hoping that one day that Kennesaw State makes it into the NCAA tournament. They've gone to the Atlantic Sun Tourney, and they've won some games. So that's something I'd like to see. I'd like to see the Kennesaw State Owls because I'm a big supporter of KSU Owls basketball, football. My wife went there. So we love the Kennesaw State Owls being down in Columbus as well. All right, so the news broke yesterday that Jim Harbaugh was going to accept the position to be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, but he has decided to stay at Michigan. And so when I was prepping my show today, I went on a a spill about how great Jim Harbaugh was as an NFL head coach. All he does is win at every level, college, NFL. He took the San Francisco 49ers to three straight NFC championship games with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. When he made the decision to put Colin Kaepernick in for Alex Smith, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. They were five yards away from taking the lead in the Super Bowl. And I think if he would have stuck around in San Francisco, the 49ers would eventually won a Super Bowl with him. I understand that he is a very difficult coach to work with. He's very in, he's a very intense guy. He didn't get along with Trent Baalke in San Francisco. And as soon as he had a mediocre season, the 49ers showed him <laughs> the 49ers showed him the door. I mean, when you can't get along with your GM and you keep pointing fingers and playing the blame game and who gets credit for this team that I built with talent. Remember, Jim Harbaugh elevated players who weren't even Trent Baalke's guys. The 49ers were 5-11 with Mike Singletary. He got fired and Jim Harbaugh took the same exact team with Alex Smith, Frank Gore, Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, he took that same exact team, and the 49ers went 13-3 and in their first season. If it wasn't for a muffed punt by Kyle Williams and a Kyle Williams fumble, the 49ers would have went to the Super Bowl in Jim, Har- in Jim Harbaugh's first year. He leads them to the Super Bowl in his second year. His third year, they go on this incredible run on the road, beating Green Bay, beating Carolina, And we're marching down the field. Colin Kaepernick was moving the football down the field against Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom. And if it wasn't for a Richard Sherman tipped pass, the 49ers would have beat the Seahawks and probably would have beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Three incredible years by Jim Harbaugh. His fourth year with San Francisco was decimated by injuries. Uh, Navarro Bowman was injured. Patrick Willis was injured. Yeah, Alden Smith with all his legal problems. And yes, he is great, but he's staying at Michigan. So Minnesota has got 
to find who their next coach is going to be. Defensive coordinator for the 49ers, D'Amico Ryans, has already turned them down. Really, the landscape of the National Football League in the NFC North depends on where Aaron Rodgers is going to play football next year. I think the Minnesota Vikings is a good head coaching job, but Mike Zimmer was a good head coach, and he led the Vikings to an NFC championship appearance If the Vikings' expectations is to win the Super Bowl, good luck. They're 0-4 in Super Bowls, and they've had good coaches in the past. I thought that Dennis Green was a very good head coach. Mike Tice, Mike Zimmer, Leslie Frazier. Super Bowl Sunday. It's not this week. We got the Pro Bowl this week. It will be in about a week and a half in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium, Super Bowl 56. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. So each guest that I have on the show next week, we are going to talk about our favorite Super Bowl memories. And we're also going to preview this Super Bowl as it's going to be exciting. You got two flashy quarterbacks that like to air the football. Joe Burrow going up against Matthew Stafford. Is there anybody more cooler with more confidence than Joe Burrow? Really, I'm impressed. His second season, remember last year his season was lost. He had a torn ACL. And I thought in the draft they would address the whole offensive line situation. A lot of mock drafts had them picking Panay Sewell from Oregon, but they get Jamar Chase instead. They let A.J. Green go. I feel bad for A.J. Green. He was a Cincinnati Bengal for 10 years. And the year that he leaves for the Cardinals, they go to the Super Bowl. I think of all those bad Cincinnati Bengals teams that whiffed on draft picks, like in 1995, drafting Kajana Carter. Bengals fans, I really feel for you, because you had some really bad years. I'm talking bad years. So I think that the franchise, that even though they had some winning seasons with Carson Palmer, And Andy Dalton, when Marvin Lewis was their head coach, the Bengals could not get over the hump. They could not win a playoff game. You had, during that time, you had the Pittsburgh Steelers winning two Super Bowls. You had the Baltimore Ravens winning two Super Bowls. The only franchise that was just as bad as the Bengals was the Cleveland Browns. But it was hard to win that division when you had the Ravens and Steelers winning the division just about every year. I'm hoping that Cincinnati can get some stability with Joe Burrow where they can now start becoming the team to beat in the NFC North, the team to beat in the AFC North with Ben Roethlisberger retiring. We don't know the situation with Baker Mayfield. I mean, will the Browns sign him? I don't think they're going to sign him to a max contract. I think it's about time to breed on Eric Taylor. So don't you go anywhere after the break. We will have former Freed Hardman soccer legend Eric Taylor on the show. Welcome back to the show. This is the Sports Bee with Richard Holdridge, and I'm joined by the former Freed Hardman soccer player Eric Taylor. Eric's been on the show before. Eric, good to have you back. Good to be back. Appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and get into everything soccer. You are my eyes and ears when it comes to soccer now that I'm the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. But we did have World Cup qualifying games yesterday. The United States got a very important 3-0 win over Honduras. And uh, Canada also won their World Cup match. And so it's looking like Canada is going to make the World Cup for the first time since 1986. The United States, they need some help. Do you think they'll make the World Cup? Or you got three games left. 
And what's it looking like for the U.S. national team? There's a lot to say, Richard. And I'll go ahead and say, you know, congratulations to the uh, the Miss national team for uh, a great game, for winning this last game. It was some yucky conditions out there. They got the win. They got the points that they needed, uh, much needed. Uh, yeah, they're playing behind Canada, a Canada team that is hot right now. Um, their strikers um, are hot. They know what they need to do when they get the ball, and they take care of business, uh, as we unfortunately got to see uh, when we played them. Uh, yeah, I, I think that you know right now we have the points that we need at the moment. Um, that being said, you know there's three games left, and I'd I'd rather I'd rather wait till we're all done, and and then we're all, we're ready to go to the World Cup uh, after we play these three games, because Richard, um, each game is uh, preparation for the World Cup. You play the people in your group. I'd like to get all these games in to see how the team continues to mature. And I think I mentioned this last time I was on uh, to see consistency with the people on the field for them to feel a good connection between each other on the field uh, to start to develop that personality. Uh, Personality is very important going into the World Cup, knowing who you are and uh, being able to exact your will on the field has a lot to do with personality. So I'm waiting to see that personality come together for our team. And again, that has a lot to do with uh, Coach Greg Berhalter, uh, what what teams he puts on the field. And uh, I understand you had to realize what team you're playing against, but uh, consistency is so important. It's always been a bugaboo for us. Right now, looks, it looks like we're going to qualify, but uh, I'm just going to be honest, and you can probably hear it in my voice. There's, there's a big but there. I haven't been completely happy with with how we played, and uh, I think I would uh, not be an astute soccer person if I didn't uh, voice that honestly. The current standings in FIFA World Cup qualifying for CONCACAF, the Canadians have the lead with 25 points. The United States is in a virtual tie with Mexico, but they have a better goal differential. Panama with 17 points. Costa Rica, Eric, is in danger of missing out on the World Cup. It happens. It does. I mean, you got some good teams. Panama made it in 2018. Canada is just on a mission. They haven't made it in over 30 years. But here are the games that are coming up. They won't happen until March 24th, so we have some time. The United States will play Mexico. Costa Rica will play Canada. This is a must-win game for Costa Rica if they want to make the World Cup. They do have a shot at overtaking Panama because if you place fourth in CONCACAF, you have a chance to qualify for the Intercontinental Playoff, which could give you a possibility of making the World Cup. But the first three teams qualify for the World Cup. Right. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget seeing ourselves, uh, you know, on that that bottom half. Uh, You know, I, I, I watch a lot of footage. Uh, Richard, throughout all this, uh, I watch every press conference, post game and pre game. Uh, I even go back and watch last year's stuff. That's I've always done that, and I always will. And uh, that's because I like to uh, get a good feel for where our program is going, all together, uh, where we've come from, where we're going, uh, the state of where we are, kind of like a state of the union address. So I like to put all that together to see where we are right now, and. Uh, on paper, you know, we're in a decent spot right now. 
but I would I would say emotionally, I would say technically, I would say we have some um, some climbing to do, and I'm I'm going to be looking to see us do that climbing, that putting things together, and again developing that that personality and that connection on the field uh, these last three games. And I, of course, we need to see three wins. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm. I mean, I'm being a, a tough U.S. fan, but I need to see three wins. And I need. And I'll tell you right now, Richard. If I don't see a uh, a strong showing from the men's national team versus uh, versus Mexico, and if I don't see some some wins, I mean, I, I'm gonna be really concerned. Because here's how you have to look at this, Richard. You have to look at uh, qualification. And this is what I do. I'm not sure what other people do, but I feel like you should do this. When you look at qualification, you say, this is our form. Can we have this form, Richard, versus, I don't know, Italy? Can we, let's say we just end up in the group of death, right? Every, every, every World Cup, there's a team or two that ends up in a really tough group. And they call that group, quote unquote, the group of death. Right. Uh, let's say you end up with a Portugal, Spain, uh, you know, um, England, USA group. Let's just say that happens. Right. Can can we can we do what we've done so far? This is looking at all of our qualification at the end of it all. Can we look at our qualification and say, you know what? We can get through. We can get to the to the round of 16, you know, with the form that we've shown in our qualification and in our warm-up games. See, this is how I look at it. I, I don't just look at it, oh, yeah, well, you know, we played Canada and we lost, and then we beat Honduras 3-0 in, in the worst weather in the world, you know. Uh, I mean, when a, in a Honduras program that's not very strong, uh, you know, it's not just that game. It's I'm going to take this game versus Spain. I just I – just, try to pick somebody tough right from the start. I don't know. I guess I just look at it all together. And it's funny you mentioned about the last time the United States was in the World Cup, being in that group of death that you mentioned where they had to play Portugal, Germany. Luckily, they won their first match against Ghana. Yeah. Ghana has always been a thorn in the United States side. I remember watching that game. I was actually at a restaurant. That was the craziest game because the United States scored a goal in the first minute. And then they held on. Uh, Ghana got a a late goal to make it one one, right? And I, I know we were we were nervous, thinking that they're going to tie. They knew they had to play Portugal and Germany. United States, if they wanted to advance to the round of sixteen, they had to get the win. And what do you know? Brooks in the eighty sixth minute puts United States up two to one. And then we remember the Portugal game. Cristiano Ronaldo made that world class ball. It ties it two two. Right. Yeah. And then we were just hanging on for dear life. I, I think it was a goal differential situation with Germany. Right. I don't know if you remember that, Eric. I do. Where where they uh that they lose by one goal. And remember they were tied with somebody in their group. I don't oh, know if, yeah. if they're tied with Ghana. Ghana was playing Portugal, and I remember. I'm trying to remember. Man, you know, I'm going back now. I'm I'm not pulling that up. Let me. Portugal beat Ghana two to one. All right. So. So Portugal was playing Ghana while we were playing Germany. Right. I remember. I remember that, having two different two different screens up. If Ghana won, I think they would have advanced. Yeah, it's, it's it's really weird because okay, so Portugal and U.S. Yes, Germany and Ghana tied, and and we had the 
Was it the two-one win over Ghana? Was that we had the, the we had the two-one win over Ghana? Right. So the we had the goal we had the goal differential. Right. right. So luckily we were able to advance along with Germany because only two out of the group get to advance. That's back in the old Clint Dempsey days. That was a good World Cup. That was the year that Costa Rica made it all the way to the round of 16. Now, Christian Pulisic, let's talk about Christian Pulisic because he's playing for Chelsea. He's our our superstar striker, 23 years old, right in the prime of his soccer career, considered one of the best soccer players in the world. He joined the national team in 2016, unfortunately – the, the United States did not qualify for the World Cup in 2018, but now we get to see Christian Pulisic in action. And I know he was a late substitution in the Honduras game. If we get into this World Cup, I expect to see a lot more of Christian Pulisic, and I think that he could make the difference. And I think the United States has an opportunity to score a lot of goals because in my mind, I believe Christian Pulisic could go down as one of the greatest American soccer players of all time. And that's that's just how great he is. And he's on that level. I, You know, he's he is a good player. Um, kudos to him. And kudos to a lot of our players. This is uh, one of the years where we've had – one of the first years where we've had so many players that are playing internationally on top-level teams. And that's – we need more of that. Uh, and so kudos to him and to our other players. Uh, you know, you think of uh, McKinney, uh, who's playing with, uh, I think it's Milan, uh, if I remember right. Kudos to them. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I think that they're calling him Captain America, right? Pulisic, they're calling him Captain America and that kind of thing. I think he needs to turn the, the television off. And, he, and I'm sure he's doing this and the people around him are, are keeping him level-headed. Um, but I think he needs to continue to do that. Um what happens, and uh, we can think of, uh, let's go all the way back to uh, Eric Walnalda, you know, old school American soccer, want to score some of the most goals, you know. Uh, uh, you know, we have a tendency to find that striker and put a lot of pressure on them, and I'm not sure if we're ready for that, right? I don't know if we have the kind of support system to – help them carry that load. And so I, yeah, I expect to see a lot from him. I, to much is to whom much is given much is expected. Right. So uh, yeah, I expect to see a lot from Pulisic, uh, television off, radio off, internet off, Instagram off, as far as who he is, how people see him, how America, we have this, we all, you know, we're kind of this, we're the same country who's always looking for the next Michael Jordan. Right. Uh, we want to call everybody Michael Jordan, right? And so we're always looking for our Cristiano Ronaldo, who's who's our uh, uh, soccer savior type of a – and that's too much for Pulisic, and it's been too much for all of our great strikers over the last few years. And and so he needs to, t- to, to stay level-headed, go out there and play his game, play up to his level, and I think everything will be just fine. But I think we're always looking for that soccer savior that's proven to be too much pressure for all of our strikers of the last few years. I would say of the last almost 20 years uh, when we've had that great American striker, we put all that pressure on him. Uh, I just want to see him play.
Uh, and I and I would say I haven't seen his consistency yet. You know, the get the the last goal that he got um, versus Honduras. I mean, the ball squirts out to you. You know, you're standing in the box. You're you're within six yards from the goal. I mean, yeah, you know, blast that ball, and and it's a goal that any striker would want. You know, everyone's vision is somewhere else. They've lost the ball, and you're there, and you've got an open goal, and you take your shot and you score, right? I mean, that's that look he had after he scored. Uh, it wasn't much of a celebration because, you know, it wasn't too much work. I had had to have been his second touch of the ball. I mean, am I right? That had to have been his second touch of the ball. Yeah. Um, right, right. So, I mean, um, you know, I just popped out there to him and – you know, you score. I would I would say I would have liked to have seen him if we're talking about gameplay. I would have liked to have seen him and Pepe uh, play together more in that game. But that's just me. Right. But yeah, congratulations to him on that goal. Keep him level headed. Let's see what happens. All right. Let's talk about another player on the national team. George Bello. He did right. play for Atlanta United. He All got right. a transfer contract to go play in Bundesliga and it got me thinking, we get attached to these MLS players. I love the MLS. I know that you're a big club guy going overseas. That's a better league. I'm just used to the MLS. My favorite team, Atlanta United, won the MLS Cup in 2018. And I was disappointed. I was sad that my favorite player, Miguel Almiron, went to the Premier League to go play for Newcastle United. Great for him. He's a great soccer player. He deserves it. Same with George Bello. He's going over to Bundesliga to play. And, I mean, hats off to Joseph Martinez for staying committed to the MLS. I would like to see MLS play at the same level as the leagues overseas. We do have the MLS All-Star Game, and every now and then they'll play a team like Juventus or Real Madrid or Barcelona, your favorite team, or Manchester United. And that's always fun because you get – those clubs playing here in this country that's how you get your fans i mean you you probably have probably seen barcelona they probably played in a soccer game somewhere and that's how you became a fan here in the states you know when they come and they do the the showcase type of a oh yes uh i think it could have been in columbus you know columbus ohio you met like the columbus crew stadium that's how you fall in love with the teams yeah well I, i tell you what in I'll definitely get you back on the podcast, especially when the Premier League and Liga MX and all those leagues kick off in the spring. It looks like the Premier League is going to start February 5th. So that's, wow, this weekend. You got, uh, are these uh, exhibition games? You got Newcastle taking on Everton. and You got Real Madrid and uh, PSG February the 15th. PSG, that is, uh, I'm trying to think, Myanmar plays for PSG, right? Uh, Champions League. Um, Champions League. Okay. Yeah. That's the Champions League final. Uh, unfortunately, Barca will not be in that. We're not doing the best right now. Uh, um, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and uh, unfortunately, it's Real Madrid who's playing. So uh, that's, that hurts just the worst. And I'm looking. I'm seeing that. So Real Madrid is your hated rival. As a Barcelona fan, that's your big rival. Yeah, I mean, I saw a guy at the store the other day, and, uh, you know, just jokingly, I walked over to him, and, you know, he had his real he's real Madrid jacket on and that kind of thing, and I leaned over to him, and I said, uh, hey, you know, you stay on that side of the store, and I'll stay on this side of the store. Oh, that is funny. 
And he, he knew exactly what I was talking about. He's like, oh, yeah. You know, and I just kind of said, oh, we all got to cheer for somebody, I guess, right? He's like, yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, Eric, for schooling me up on everything Premier League and just international soccer. Uh, Bundesliga and the the Italian League. As I, I know Juventus that doesn't uh, – I'll tell you right now, man, uh, I, my wife has probably heard enough of me and making comments at the computer screen concerning U.S. national soccer. So I just, that's kind of where I am right now. Uh, when we get in this qualification portion of the season, uh, I'm really looking to see who our standout players are going to be and uh, what our personality is. I, I keep saying that, and I sound like a broken record, but it, it's, it's true. But what is, what is your personality, you know? I'm looking for bright, strong players. And uh, so, yeah, man, uh, right now, uh, yeah, I'll watch Champions League. Can't wait to see that, of course, being an international soccer guy. But right now I'm just seeing what we have ourselves at home. And, uh, you know, after that Canada loss, I was hurting pretty bad. Kind of a subpar El Salvador game. We kind of came back with this last game, the 3-0 win. But, you know, I was interested as to why we picked – that venue to play in. So I don't know. I, I kind of think of, I wonder what Greg Berhalter is thinking sometimes in, in some of just U.S. soccer altogether. So uh, that's that's what my mind is on right now. <laughs> but anyway, I do appreciate you uh, getting me in touch with Tanya Chavez, the midfielder for the New Mexico Lightning, as she did reach out to the head coach of the Columbus Rapids, Miguel Galindo, and who knows? There might be a tryout in her future. Right. As I'm all about a soccer players pursuing their dreams. And if that's something she wants to pursue, I think that's great. I, I mean, you said that you still play, right? Oh, yeah. It, you know, I tell someone asked me the other day and they said, you know, how much do you think you could get done? So, I mean, you, we're, we're playing 45 minute halves outdoors, you know, and it, a big old huge field and I could probably do a half. I could probably do a solid half. No problem. After, you know, minimal training, I think I could do that. Um, of course you want to play a full match and feel strong, but it wouldn't take me long to get to, to that. I've benefited from not ever actually stopping playing. Like I never actually stopped playing. I never had that moment where I just took a bunch of years off and didn't do anything. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, I just haven't had that yet. Well, you know, it contributes to a lot of good health for me. So I'm thankful for that part of it right now. You know, I'm just, I feel like a healthy person, but, um, and I'll let, you know, a lot of people see me now from, you know, when we went to college and they say, well, you know, you look just the same and people from, you know, old church youth groups and that kind of thing. And people I played soccer with growing up, they say, you know, Eric, you look just like you did when we played soccer together. And, you know, I'm still wearing the same you know, sizes I was wearing then, and I don't get up and my back is hurting all the time. So, yeah, I, I benefited from never actually stopping playing very much. And even when I was coaching, I was playing, you know, full matches with my players on a regular basis. I never actually stopped playing. Now, could you see yourself playing indoor soccer? Well, if the opportunity presented itself, <laughs> you know, and I could get myself, uh, again, back in the shape that I need to get into – and, and the mindset, sure. Well, Eric, as always, I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. And I would love to have you back as we talk about World Cup qualifying. And, of course, 
indoor soccer as we have the National Indoor Soccer League going on right now. And as always, thank you for being a guest. Thank you for being a good guest on the podcast. Sure, man. Go USA. Yes, let's go get it. Let's finally get to a World Cup. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Sports Beat. I want to thank all my listeners. I thank you again. Don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.